the Holy Spirit desires to commune with us. Communion is fellowship and partnership. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit is really intimacy with God, connecting to the heart of God each moment. Communion with the Holy Spirit is us tapping into the reservoir of His presence within us. Come, let's learn how to commune with the Holy Spirit. For the next few months, I think it's about three months, we're going to be talking on one subject. And according to church growth manuals, that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk on a subject more than eight weeks. But anyway, we're going to be spending the next three months on one subject. On this person of the Holy Spirit. See, Pastor, that's a long time. That's okay. Let's just see what happens, right? I know that many of us, uh, we have learned, we've been taught right here even at our church, uh, on the person of the Holy Spirit, on the work of the Spirit. And, and we've, we've grown to a certain level in uh, experiencing the work of God's Holy Spirit. But our intent now is to come back to this subject, this topic, and for us to learn even more and move to another level in understanding and relating and experiencing the work of God's Spirit in our lives personally and corporately as a church. And so we, uh, we are going to do this for some time. This morning I want us to talk about communion with the Holy Spirit. Communion. Having communion with the Spirit of God. So if you have your Bibles, please, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 14. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Paul is closing off his second letter to the Corinthians, to the believers at Corinth. So he's written one long letter. He has a second follow-up letter with more instructions. And he's wrapping up his letter. And here's what's, what he writes in verse 14. A kind of benediction that he pronounces over them. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, or some versions may write fellowship, of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So it's closing off his letter. He's saying, here's what I want for you. Here's my desire for you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The Father. And the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you. Or be your experience. I want you to experience this. Be with you all. Now we understand the grace part. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's grace. His grace in our lives. We understand that. Very often we say, God, have, you know, I need your grace. Be, give me your grace. Empower me. The grace. We understand the grace part. The love of God. We understand that. The love of God. God's amazing love, boundless love, infinite love. The love of God. Be with you. I want you to experience it. But he also says one more thing. The communion of the Holy. So now that's a part we haven't explored too much. And we want to do that. He says, you know, I want you to have the communion. I want you to experience the communion of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. Meaning all of you. All of us. Every believer. Not just some. 
but all of us. May the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May all of you experience the communion of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you experiencing? So which means the Holy Spirit desires to have communion with us. And that doesn't mean, you know, the Lord's table. Uh, we use the word communion in the context of the Lord's table, but here it's a little different. We'll, 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 un, we'll explain the meaning of the communion. But the Holy Spirit desires to have communion. That's why I imagine this. Paul is writing, he's writing his final statement, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I want you to tell them this. Tell them, I want all of you to experience the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, enjoy the love of God, and also enjoy the communion of the Holy Spirit. So write that, Paul. So Paul's writing it. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The Holy Spirit wants to have communion with all of us. With all of us. So what is the meaning of this word communion? And you go to the Greek. The word is koinonia, and some of you are familiar with this. It simply means to share all things, to share everything, to have everything in common, to partake with each other, to have partnership or fellowship or friendship with each other. Koinonia, communion, fellowship. So about the early church on the day of Pentecost, when, and, and the church was born, and they had about we had thousands of believers all living in Jerusalem, and, and many of them were from out of town. So they didn't come with their, you know, a lot of the things were probably left behind. So here they were in the city of Jerusalem. They didn't bring all their things with them, but now they're going to stay on in that city. And so what happened? People had started sharing with one another the things they had. They were having fellowship, sharing with each other. In the North Church, earlier this morning, I could use the students as an illustration, because they're all students, mainly in the North Church, but so I, I said, okay, Junior and John. I said, imagine Junior and John are sitting here. <laughs> They're in North Church. So I said, you know, suppose John walked into Junior's home, and let's say they are really good friends. These two guys are really good friends. So John goes over to Junior's home. Hey, how are you? And they're so good friends, Junior just keeps his whole home open to John. Right? John can go and just do anything and just lie down on the couch, have some water or have whatever's in the fridge. Hey, I mean, he can just help himself to it. They're just good friends. They're just, everything is open. Are you with me so far? I mean, if you are good friends with somebody, you just share. So what the Holy Spirit is saying is, I want to share everything. I want to have this communion where everything is open. We, we share with each other. That's the meaning of the word communion. The Holy Spirit longs to have communion with us, which is friendship. Which is partnership, which is fellowship with us. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You experience the communion of the Holy Spirit. Experience that. And not only with, uh, with, John, with Junior, just be just free with John doing anything he wants. They'll talk and everything. But suppose Junior says, and those guys love to play soccer. So suppose Junior says, hey, I'm going to love to play soccer. What do you think John would normally do? I'll come with you. Let's go. Together. So that's partnership. He not only sit down and share everything, but he also do things together. That's communion. Sharing things. 
doing things together. So really, if you want to summarize the meaning of the word communion, it simply means fellowship and partnership. If the word fellowship is too theological for your comprehension, replace it with the word friendship. So communion is simply friendship and partnership. The Holy Spirit desires to have friendship and partnership with us. It's, it's that closeness. Now you say, so this morning, we want to answer two questions. How do we have this communion with the Holy Spirit? How do we do it? And secondly, what will this communion do for me? So if I build this friendship and this partnership with the Holy Spirit, what will happen to me? Two simple things. So let's talk about the first one. How do you and I have communion with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit wants to have communion with us. That's why he wrote it. He desires, he longs for this friendship and partnership with you and me. How do we have communion with the Holy Spirit? To begin with, we must understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Sometimes for many of us, the Holy Spirit is an it or an object or an influence or a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person like God the Father and God the Son. He's a person. The Bible uses various imageries to talk about the Holy Spirit. He's like fire, but he's not fire. He's like wind, but he's not wind. He's a person, and when he moves upon us, his workings in us can be described with these images. Like fire, like wind, like water, and so on. Lots of other things. But he's not that object. He's a person, and just when he works, his workings are described with those languages or with those pictures. But the Holy Spirit is a person. As a person, he thinks, he speaks, he has his feelings, and that's why we can have fellowship with him. Fellowship or friendship is me sharing my thoughts, my feelings with him, because he's a person, he can understand it. And he being a person, he shares his feelings, his thoughts, with me. That's communion. Are we together? He's a person. So when you look at the Holy Spirit, don't think of him as an object, as an influence, something abstract. No, he's a person, just like God the Father, just like God the Son. God the Holy Spirit is a person. We can relate to him, and he relates to us this way. So in developing friendship and partnership with the Holy Spirit, understand that he is a person and he's always with us as believers. He's in us. He's with us. He's upon us. He's always there. So here are some practical ways that I've just put down. You and I can develop our friendship or fellowship and partnership with the Holy Spirit. Some practical ways. How do we do this? Number one is to recognize and enjoy his presence. Recognize. And enjoy. So let's say your best friend comes home. You open the door. They walk into the living room. And you go back to your office. And you continue to work. And you're busy doing something. Is there any possibility of friendship happening? Any possibility of communion happening? No. 
You recognize, you need to recognize, hey, so glad you're here, Joe, whatever. You know, you welcome, you recognize, and you let them know that you're so happy. You enjoy their company, enjoy their presence. So in a very similar manner, we need to recognize and enjoy the person of the Holy Spirit. So tell them, Holy Spirit, thank you, you're with me. I doesn't have to get very theological. He understands all languages and simple English as well. So you don't have to speak in King James English. Oh, most Holy Spirit, thou art thou with me. <laughs> Please abide with me throughout this day. And hitherto have I prayed unto thee. <laughs> now please, just relax. He understands everything. Speaking simple. Lord, thank you. You're with me, Holy Spirit. You're there with me. And he's with us at all times. Whether you're in your home, whether you're in church, whether you're in your place of work, whether you're in your school, your college, you're about to write an exam, you're about to sit down and study, you're about to sign a deal, you're in a, in a strategy meeting, you may, you may be sitting down and designing a new a software product. I mean, whatever you're doing, the Holy Spirit is there with you. He doesn't say, oh, now we're going to the office. You know, I like church, not office. I'll see you later. And he stays outside. No. He comes with you to the office. Wherever you're going, he's in you. He's with you. He's upon you always. He's not a visitor who comes and goes Sunday morning. Nice worship. He comes. If the worship is bad, he doesn't show up. I mean, it's not like that. He's there all the time in you, with you, as a believer. So, in everything, recognize him and say, I enjoy your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, I need you. So, you're about to do something. Say, Holy Spirit, just simple prayers like, you know, Lord, could you please help me and guide me? I'm about to study for my exam tomorrow, the exam to 8 o'clock. I've got 24 chapters to finish. <laughs> Whatever. You know. Holy Spirit, help me. Give me wisdom. Help me study. Or I'm about to take on a challenge. Holy Spirit, could you help me? Could you empower me? Enable me to do this. Or you're faced with a problem. Spirit of God, I know you're here. You are the spirit of wisdom. Give me the wisdom I need to solve this problem. Simple prayer. So this recognizing and enjoying his presence is a simple way for us to begin to develop this friendship. And partnership with the Holy Spirit. Is this clear so far? Now let's take it another level. If somebody speaks to you in English, what is the language you're supposed to speak back? Let me ask you again. This is not a trick question. Very simple question. If somebody speaks to you in English, what is the language you're supposed to speak back to them in? What language? Oh, the little kid is there. <laughs> In English, right? Meaning, as long as you don't understand the language, when they communicate to you a certain way, the implication is you communicate back in the same manner. Now, what the Bible reveals to us is that visions and dreams are a language, not the only, but a language of the Holy. A language, not the only, but a language. One of the languages he uses to communicate. Why? Because we know in Joel, in Joel 2, 28, 29, Acts 2, 17, 18, Peter quotes Joel, he says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit in all flesh, and your sons, upon your sons and your daughters, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream 
So this moving of the Holy Spirit is resulting in people experiencing visions and dreams. What's the inference there? Where do these visions and dreams come from? The Holy Spirit. He's moving. So the obvious inference is in his, in his working, he's going to release visions and dreams. So the Holy Spirit is communicating to us in visions and dreams. If that is a language, one of the languages he uses, what could we infer? We can therefore speak back to him through visions and that doesn't mean you need to sleep eight hours. <laughs> Yay, now I get my time to sleep. You know. No. Visions and dreams are simply mental pictures. Things that are in our imagination. Is that right? So what do we do? We communicate back with the Spirit of God through our mental pictures, through our visions and... Now some of you might say, Pastor, that's, you're going off the edge right now. And just be careful, Pastor. Now, relax. Who gave us our imagination? God or the devil? Not sure. Who gave us the faculty of our mind and imagination? God or the devil? So is it wrong to use the imagination? Absolutely not. In fact, for almost everything, we use it. I mean, before you start to design something, you first picture it in your mind. Before an artist can start off something, there's something, at least a little bit of it in their mind, on the canvas of their imagination. And a lot of things, I mean, this is innumerable things we do with our imagination first before we actually write it or speak it or do something with it. So similarly, when you want to commune with the Holy Spirit, use this aspect of your faculty your mind, your mental pictures, and say, Holy Spirit, now can you empower me to accomplish that? Take me to reach that goal. Help me to become like that person. So, for example, you see this in the Bible. When God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a big nation. Abraham is unable or he struggles with that initially. How am I going to become a big nation? I'm old. My wife Sarah is barren. She's old as well. So what does God do in the 15th chapter of Genesis? He takes Abraham out at night. He says, Abraham, come out of your tent. And he comes out of his tent. And God says, look up into the sky. And there's a clear Middle Eastern sky. And he can see all the stars. And God says, Abraham, can you count the stars? How many are there? So it's got this, this endless. And then God says, Abraham, that's how many descendants you're going to so now, from then on, any time Abraham wants to think about God's promise, what do you think comes up in his mind? This sky full of stars. And he says, that's what God has. God painted on the canvas of his imagination a picture that, that, that revealed that destiny, that destination that God had for him. It's powerful. You see that many, many, many times. So you and I, as we learn to commune with the Holy Spirit, Use the language of visions and dreams. You want to accomplish a certain goal. Say You want to get 80% marks. Simple. Picture it in your mind. So how am I going to picture it in your mind? 80%. Picture it. You, if your teacher marks your, your book with green ink, picture green ink. 80%. You can visualize that. It's a picture in your mind. Now, you pray. Holy Spirit. Here's what I want to get. Here's what I'm going after. Flow through this and help me achieve it. Help me get there. Are you with me? So when I envision this hall, I envision 550 people sitting here. 
How do you do it? Simple. Add more faces. And I envision an 8.30 service with 550 people. Oh, so sad. Now, don't worry if you won't disturb you. Just another service. But I have that picture in my mind. I already have an 8.30 service in here, in me. So now I pray, Holy Spirit. This is what I'm going after. I'm going to start another service here. We're going to have another 550 people coming. Make it a reality. So I'm communicating with the Holy Spirit through visions and now you could do this in anything, in your business, in, in your sport, in your art, in whatever area. God gave you this intellect. You communicate with lang visions and dreams back to the Holy Spirit. So simple words. I just say, Holy Spirit, come simple prayers, visions and dreams as you commune with him and, and uh, enjoy his presence. When you feel his presence, when you recognize, when he helps you do something, say, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for helping me do that. Thank you, I could just, Lord, uh, 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 you just empowered me to do that. Thank you. So enjoying him and his work in your life. Number two, how do we develop friendship and partnership with the Holy Spirit? Number two, I'll move through this quickly. Be sensitive and yielded to him. The Holy Spirit is speaking. He speaks to us primarily to the faculties of our spirit. Your human spirit can also see, hear, and feel. So through what you see in your spirit, the pictures that come through your spirit, through what you hear, words and sentences that are released in your spirit, and through what you feel, promptings, impressions, feelings in your spirit, the Holy Spirit is communicating to you. So there may be things He will prompt you to do. So what you and I must learn to do is to be sensitive and to be yielded. So sometimes... He may just prompt you saying, just go and pray. Don't say, no, I rebuke the devil. No, no, no. Hey, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to go and pray. Take some time to pray. It's okay. I just feel something in me that I need to pray. So what do you do? Yield to it. You know, just say, hey, I'm keeping these two hours aside. Please don't disturb me. I'm going to go pray. And you take that time to pray. What are you doing? You are being sensitive and you're being yielded to the Holy. Sometimes he may prompt you. Call your friend. Call this friend. So, but God, I haven't uh, met that person in such a long time. I don't know the last time when I spoke to them. But there's something inside you saying, I need to call that person. What do you do? Uh, what is it? It's the Holy Spirit prompting you in a very simple way. He doesn't come and you know, slap you on the face and say, better call a verse, I'll kill you. No, he doesn't do those kinds of things. It's just simple promptings. What do you do? Go call that person. And when you call that person, don't say, the Holy Spirit told me to call you. I mean, don't do that. Just be simple, normal. Hey, how are you? I haven't spoken to you in a long time, but your name just, I, I just reminded of you today for, I don't know for what reason, but I just felt I must call you. How are you? And you never know how you might affect their life. And it was the Holy Spirit prompting you to do that. Now what happens? The more you sensitive you become and the more yielded you become to him, the more he's going to speak to you. I mean, this is normal. Somebody, come, somebody come, comes and talks to you and you just, you know, turn away and walk away. Are they going to keep talking? Most, of, most probably they'll stop talking because you're not paying any attention. But if they're talking to you and you're getting back and you're responding, what's happened? You're going to have an ongoing conversation. He's going to keep talking. So the more sensitive and the more yielded you and I are to the Holy Spirit, the more he's going to talk. The more things he's going to reveal. He's going to do it. So do that. 
become sensitive and become yielded. Act on it. That's why the Bible warns us, it says, don't quench the spirit and don't grieve the Don't tell him to keep quiet. And when he tells you to do something, don't ignore it. Go do it. Be yielded to him. And then you will see that he'll, he'll speak so much more and for, uh, over many areas. You see, the Holy Spirit is not afraid of your business. He probably knows a lot more. He's not afraid about your subjects or physics. Man, the Holy Spirit doesn't know physics. You know. No. He knows a whole lot and a whole lot more. But we need to engage with him. And so he can begin to speak to us against, concerning all areas of life. How do I do this? How do I solve it? When you've got parenting issues, talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do, I, how do I deal with my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife? I mean, even the pastor couldn't handle my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> even the pastor couldn't sort out my husband. But Holy Spirit, I know you can figure them out. What do I do? Hey, he's got an answer. What we need is ask him. Help me. Give me a wisdom. Give me, give me wisdom how to handle this situation. He knows things about business. He knows things about the future. So we engage. And he'll begin to speak to us against in all areas of life. Number three. How do I build communion with the Holy Spirit? Number three. Glorify Jesus. My motivation must always be to glorify. In John 16 and uh, verse 14, the Bible says so clearly that the Holy Spirit will always glorify. So, if my motivation is for selfish things, if I want to just promote myself or if I have selfish ambition, if I wanna, I'm after self-recognition or self-promotion, then I really cannot have communion with the Holy Spirit because we're going, the diff going different direction. He is not here to exalt man. He's here to exalt. So if my motivation is to promote me and self and all that, that cannot, there's no connect because he wants to glorify. But if my heart is, I want Jesus to be glorified. I want Jesus to look good. And that's the exact intent of the work of the Holy Spirit. He's here to glorify Jesus. Then we've got something going. We are in sync. We can now relate. And he can speak to him and I can speak to him. And then we can flow together. So in order to have this communion, this friendship with the Holy Spirit, my motivation, my heart must be, I want to glorify. That's all. Last one. How do I build this communion with the Holy Spirit? I must maintain spiritual composure. Now, what's, what does that mean? Simple. Let's just use one of the images of the Holy Spirit, which is a dove. So the Bible has many images for the Holy Spirit. One is a dove. Now, if Jonathan wanted to have a little dove sitting on his shoulder. And here comes this dove sitting on Jonathan's shoulder. If Jonathan starts shaking and wiggling and jumping, and do you think the dove is going to hold on for too long? It's going to fly away. We try to hold on, get a little grip on the shirt for a while. But if he shakes a little too much, what's going to happen? Now that's just a natural picture. The point is this. If I really want to have communion with the Spirit, I must learn to always be calm. It's the same thing when you want to have a conversation with somebody. If somebody's all worked up, shouting, screaming, bouncing on the walls, pulling off their head, it's very hard to carry out a conversation. You're going to tell them, hey, calm down, relax, then we can talk. Is that right? Same thing with the Holy Spirit. You and I will definitely face all kinds of disturbing circumstances. 
I mean, you go to the office and, you know, your boss might come very angry with you or uh, some of your colleagues may be doing things that really upset you or in your classroom, wherever. We have numerous chances to get all worked up and excited and, and disturbed and agitated. And sure, as human beings, that happens to us. We're normal. We get irritated, agitated about things. But don't let that affect your inner composure. Inside you, you have to remain peaceful, calm. Yes, on the outside, you may when you hear the news, this thing, you get, you get irritated, you get agitated, but be calm on the inside. Collect, keep yourself collected. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The ability to be self-governing. You don't lose control of yourself. You're always able to govern yourself. That empowering comes from the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Do I get angry? I do. Do I slam the car door? I know once I did this at the old airport. I was going to park, you know, I was going to back up. And suddenly somebody else comes and ping, they park. And I'm like, this is unfair. I mean, I'm all lined up to park. All I need to do was reverse into that spot. And here this taxi guy comes and sneaks in. and puts. I was so angry. Yes, you're past that. <laughs> I got out of my door. I got out of my car. This guy was already parked. I went and opened the door. The closest door to me was the passenger side. I opened the door. I didn't know how to scold in Canada. So I didn't know what to tell him. So the only thing, I, the only way I could show that I was really upset was slam his door. So I slammed his door. And I went back to my car and said, Lord Jesus, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I did get agitated. I, I mean, I, I've done stuff like that. There are moments when I do get upset. But quickly, come back. I need to keep calm. Only then I can hear from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to have conversations. Somebody's all worked up and agitated. I need to come back. So quickly, oh God, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I blew off some steam. Now I'm fine, Lord. <laughs> we can have a conversation. You know? So sometimes it happens. But the point is, I need to bring myself back to that place of inner composure. I need to be calm inside. Then I can have communion with the Spirit. Friendship with the Holy Spirit. So maintain composure. And let me just answer the second question. We'll close very quickly here. What will communion with the Holy Spirit do for me or to us? Number one, it's going to build, us, build intimacy. It can be, as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we're really going to have intimacy with God. We're going to know God well. You're going to know Him so well, people think you visit heaven every day. Hey, relax, man. I've never been to heaven. Heaven's come down here. The Holy Spirit is in me. Amen. I'm just communing with him. And the more I commune, the more intimate I become uh, with God. And I'm beginning to understand his heart and his mind and, and the way he feels and the way he thinks. Secondly, I receive revelation and knowledge. So what happens? I begin to understand the things of God. You know, if you hang out with somebody, let's say he's, he's, here's this guy who's just talking soccer all the time. All right? He knows everything about Manu and uh, Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid and who's, who's up on the league and what's happening. And, and he just knows. And every time you hang around him, he's just talking that. And you know, in a couple of weeks, you're going to have a lot of revelation and knowledge about soccer. I mean, it's going to happen. What he knows is going to get transferred to you. And you're just going to start talking all that. I started thinking, man, this guy's so bad. He, he's up on the news. No, no, no. You're just hanging out with somebody who knows everything. 
Now, in the spiritual realm, that's exactly what happens. As you commune with the Holy Spirit, what's happening? He begins to talk to you and, and revelation and knowledge about the things of God just begin to fill your heart. And you begin to understand. People think, you're, you're, so, you're so wonderful spiritually. Hey, it's not about you. You're just learning everything from the Holy Spirit. He's just putting it into your heart. And like, one better this guy get all this? Hey, it's very simple. You're hanging out with the right person, with the Holy Spirit. And it's rubbing off on you. Revelation, knowledge about God, the things of God, the ways of God, just filling your heart and mind. Number three, what happens when we have communion with the Holy Spirit? We get empowered. We are empowered. As you begin to say, Holy Spirit, help me in this and help me in that. Help me with my studies. Fill my mind with wisdom uh, and, and empower me. What happens? He empowers your life. Our finiteness gets lost in his infiniteness. Our weaknesses get lost in his. We are empowered. So then when you have to meet, when you have to help solve a problem, it's not necessarily your own abilities that you're depending on. You're depending on what the Holy Spirit can bring in to the situation. And it's so much more. So you're unafraid now to, uh, um, to, uh, to try to address problems and, and try to sort things out. The Holy Spirit is there. You're not empowered. And lastly, we really become co-workers with God. We become co-workers with, that's partnership. You're working together. And you're going out and say, Holy Spirit, come. We're we, we going together. Welcome, Holy Spirit. You're with me. Thank you. Your presence is so welcome in this place. And when we say welcome, Holy Spirit, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit just came through the door. We're just saying, we welcome you. Your presence, we acknowledge you're always welcome. We want more of you. So in partnership, we become co-workers with God and everything we do, we don't see it as just me trying to do it. Now everything is about us doing things too. It's always from that perspective. We're co-workers with God. I want to close with a simple, simple illustration. You know, our relationship with the Holy Spirit can be compared to this huge reservoir. So imagine a huge reservoir of water. It's limitless. If you stick in a small little tube into the reservoir here, all we get is a little trickle. But if you plug in a huge pipe, you can experience rivers and gushing water coming through. So what do you want? A little trickle or rivers of living water? It's how we plug in that matters. The reservoir is limitless. The Holy Spirit, he is limitless. You plug in a little little bitty pipe, you get a little trickle. That's nice to quench your thirst a bit. But hey, God wants rivers of living water to flow through every believer. What a blessing. All of us will be to this world if we will plug in correctly to this great reservoir of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you and I, let's do that. Communion. Very simple. It's friendship. And partnership with the person of the Holy Spirit. Just in your own words, I want you to tell the Holy Spirit, Lord, I really want to develop this friendship and partnership with you. Help me to grow in this. I want to know you for who you are. You're a person. You're not just a feeling or some object. But you're a person, just like the Father and, the, and God the Son. You're God the Holy Spirit. I want to have a communion with you, Lord. Could you help me in this journey? Could you help me grow in this? Die in my living, they 
God in my waking, God in my sleeping, God in my resting, there in my working, God in my thinking, God in my speaking, be my everything. in my living. confess that so many times we've we just shut you out Lord of this conversation Lord we've shut you out from really Lord spending time in your presence so many times we've not made that effort to recognize to respect to honor your presence Lord and Lord today this morning we just want to invite you and say Lord be on everything on every area of our lives Lord every doors that we've closed oh God Lord, we open up and say, Lord, come. Lord, you are the rightful owner. Lord, come, be enthroned in our hearts and our lives, Lord. Spirit of God, we pray that you would reveal, Lord God, that you would reveal Jesus, that you will reveal the heart of God to us. 
Lord, that you would empower us, Lord. Yes, Lord, let our weaknesses, oh God, Lord, be swallowed up in your strength, Master, this morning. Shall we ask him to do that? Just lift up your hands and say, God, let my weakness be swallowed up in your strength. Let my finiteness be swallowed up in your infiniteness. Let's just sing again and sing. Be my everything. 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 Be Lord, stir within us, O oh God, a passion for your name, a passion for your ways, God. Lord, may the things of God, may your ways, Lord, be our ways, God. Lord, may our minds be filled with your thoughts, O oh Master. Spirit of God, we pray that you would quicken your word to us, write your word upon our hearts and our minds. We thank you. We thank you for this time in your presence. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus the love of God the Father and the fellowship, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all today. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.